Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, hello. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like you. Support Switchcraft and my other content at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Door-to-door geek on Twitter sent me a message and said, "Can this be real? Rhyme screenshot graphics comparison PS4 versus Switch uh, takes me to a uh, Reddit image, and I almost feel like they've got these backwards because when I look at the pictures, and you can see the pictures in the show notes, uh, or you can see a link to the pictures in the show notes, the Switch version looks better than the PS4 version, which makes." absolutely zero sense the ps4 is graphically more powerful than the switch it's got a more powerful cpu it's got more memory than the switch so there's no reason why the ps4 version would not look as good uh so when i look at this i'm very confused however uh the ps4 version or the 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 side that's showing the ps4 is an older build of the game um, now I don't actually, I didn't actually see the Reddit post. This is just the picture. So I, I wasn't able to locate, um, like other people's thoughts on this. So I'm not sure if, uh, this question has already been answered, but rhyme looks better on the switch than it does on the PS4. According to these screenshots, I don't believe that for a second. My guess is that the PS4 version is just showing an older build, uh, and the switch is showing a newer build or maybe, Maybe the developer of Rhyme is has found some kind of uh, magic voodoo stuff in order to get their game to look better on the Switch. So, uh, big thanks to Door to Door Geek for sending that in. If you want to join the show and send in some information just like he did, you can do that in a whole bunch of different ways. You could send me a message on Twitter like he did. I'm at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. You can use the hashtag AskSwitchCraft. And you can also just send an email, RunJumpStomp at gmail.com. Use the subject line SwitchCraft. Or you can call 260-RUNJUMP. That's 260-786-5867. Leave a voicemail. I'll play it on the show. All right. That that out of the way, let's jump into the news. Astro Duel Deluxe is coming to the Switch on May 30th, and it's going to be $15 on the eShop. This is a really cool-looking game. It it looks like it controls like um, asteroids, and if you are old like me, then you know how that works. But if you're not old like me, let me explain. Um, you will move the joystick left or right to turn the ship, and you push forward to move your ship forward, um, which does not sound very uh, strange, but basically it's a top-down thing or a top-down game. By pushing forward, you're giving your ship thrust so your ship will move forward and then you can push left or right in order to change which direction it's facing, but you will continue going in the same direction until you give your ship thrust again. Um, one of the things about Asteroids is that when you are playing it, you will... You could go off the edge of the map and come out on the other edge. Now, looking at the screens, or not the screens, the video, 
it doesn't seem like that's something that happens in this uh, in Astro Duel Deluxe. But what is Astro Duel? Well, it's a one to six player game. Uh, basically, you are at this top down thing, and you are trying to control your ship and blow up the other players. Uh, you can pick pretty much any type of control scheme that you want. You can even use touch control. There's objects moving around the the, the battlefield that will get in your way. Uh, and you have to destroy the other ships and then run over their pilot or shoot their pilots uh, in order to win. I, I checked, and this game is also available on Steam, and it's $10 on Steam. So it's $5 more expensive on the Switch. But the version that's on Steam is just called Astro Duel. This is Astro Duel Deluxe. I'm tr- I looked and I tried to find out what is the difference uh, between the two. Uh, so on Steam, if I I closed it because I'm dumb, let me open that back up. All right, on Steam it says there's 13 dynamic arenas, uh, run over pilots in the pilot hunters mode, battle for the most kills in ship hunters, or join forces in team deathmatch. It says battle up to four players or any and or add any combination of AI ships. Um, you can play with a keyboard or up to four controllers. Now, when we look at the Nintendo Switch version, that's up to six players. So you can do 3v3. So this is why I think you're spending a little more money uh, than on the the PC version. They have six different pilots to control, including Boxcat and Chomper. Okay, whatever. Uh, they also have an instant replay feature. That's kind of cool. That's always a really fun thing in um, Overwatch when you get to see like the awesome kill at the end. Um, they It says that it has additional music. Uh, it says, <laughs> this is funny, the touch mode that I was talking about, ships can only turn in one direction. That's very cool. Um, and basically the way that it looked like, it looked like you'd set the, the switch down on its back um, on the table, and then you have each player. It's four players for uh, the touch mode. Each player gets one corner of the screen to touch. I definitely want to check this game out. It says you can battle your friends or team up to take on CPU opponents. It does not say anything about whether or not it has online play. But I don't know that I would really be interested in this as an online game. I'd be. This seems much more palatable as a game where you are sitting next to to people and talking trash and shooting each other and you know teaming up on somebody at the last minute to to, to cement your betrayal uh i think that Astro Duel Deluxe looks really good and for 15 bucks i think it's a that's a a decent deal so um hold on to your money and next tuesday you can pick this game up uh on the eShop uh, and if you can't wait, if you want to play it now, you can also get it on Steam for $10. So I, I, I would personally say hold out for the, uh, for the extra $4 and uh, get the deluxe version for the Switch. Because it seems like this is a game that you want to have on your Switch. You just have your Switch with you, you take it out, you hand somebody a Joy-Con, uh, set the game down on the table in between you, and have a ball. You get a low score for this game. Unreal Engine 4.16 is released, and normally I wouldn't talk about things like this, but uh, let's go over some of the features. It says new rendering and animation features, performance improvements for mobile and console platforms, lots of quality of life enhancements, 
Um, it then also says that it has support for Nintendo Switch. Uh, so let's jump into that. It says support for Nintendo Switch is fully featured and ready for production in 4.16. Epic Games has teamed with Nintendo to release full Unreal Engine 4 source code for Nintendo Switch to approved developers for free. Notice that part right there. It says approved developers. They said if you want to learn more on how to get started, you can click right here. I clicked right there, and it says... After launching early support for Nintendo Switch development in February's Unreal Engine 4.15 release, Epic is proud to announce fully featured native support for the popular platform in Unreal Engine 4.16. Epic Games has teamed with Nintendo to release the full uh, UE4 source code for Nintendo Switch to approve developers for free. I just read all that and I didn't realize that, so just ignore that part. Uh, after launching the experimental support for Nintendo Switch in February... Okay, so they're repeating themselves again. Um, okay, here, here's the part that I was looking for. To learn more about the full range of Nintendo Switch UE4 features, developers can register or join the Unreal Engine community today. Here's how to get started. First off, you have to be a, an approved Nintendo Switch developer at uh, developer.nintendo.com. Uh, you need to complete the console development request UE4 form. If you are already accessing Unreal Engine 4 through a custom license or direct evaluation, just email your Epic licensing contact for more information. Once your Nintendo Switch developer status has been confirmed, Epic will send you an electronic NDA uh, via DocuSign. Once it's signed, you'll receive an email containing instructions on how to do it. You'll gain access to the exclusive UE4 Nintendo Switch forum to interact with the new community. And once you've received source access, you'll be able, you'll need to compile the code for the Nintendo Switch platform. So, this is very interesting. Having Unreal Engine fully available to Switch developers is a big deal. Um, and, and it's more of a big deal for people who are developing for systems other than the Switch because that means it's going to be a whole lot easier for people to port games to the Switch. That was a problem that the Wii U had in the past was that um, they did not support um, the major third-party engines early on. And so it took a really long time for developers to port their games to the Wii U. Um, that made it, it, it kind of disincentivized developers to develop for the, the Wii U because they had to invest extra money. Uh, you know, time is money. And as you are uh, working on putting out your game on another system, that's money that you could be putting someplace else. And a lot of developers just looked at the install base of the Wii U at, 13.6 million, I believe, uh, lifetime sales of the Wii U. And they said, that's not worth our time because not enough people are going to be able to buy our game if we put it out on there. Having this support very early in the cycle or in the life, in the life cycle of the Switch, that's a really big deal. And that means that we're going to see a lot more third-party games. Just the other day, I saw um, somebody from Nintendo uh, third-party um indie developer outreach on Twitter just saying, hey, if you are interested in, and I should have grabbed it at the time, but I didn't, uh, but they said, if you are interested in developing for the Switch, uh, email us here. Uh, so Nintendo is doing a little more reach out than they usually do, 
uh, and it's going to make things even easier with Unreal 4. Uh, it looks like third parties for the Switch are going to be something that's going to be a lot more often. Now, does that mean that we're going to see uh, big-name third, par- third parties? I don't know. Most of the big-name third parties use their own development engines, like Frozen Bike Games uses that, their engine. Uh, so just having Unreal 4 uh, engine, it, it does help the Switch, but it helps them with the smaller developers, probably not the bigger developers who make their own engine for, for their big games. I had a few people tweet this at me. Um, FDG Entertainment, who are is the company behind um, Oceanhorn. Uh, a lot of people say Oceanhorn is basically a Zelda ripoff and uh, an old Zelda ripoff, not like the new Breath of the Wild Zelda ripoff, but uh, that's beside the point. Uh, Oceanhorn, very reminiscent of Wind Waker, it feels like. It's a third quarter perspective top-down video game where you are controlling a character, you get on a boat, you go around to different locations, and you have a sword and that kind of thing. Uh, it looks really fun. I, it's kind of been on my my wish list for a long time. And the tweet from FDG Entertainment, uh, they messaged out that Oceanhorn for the Switch has been submitted to Nintendo. Uh, and then they said they're reposting a sneak peek 60 FPS on video. Uh, video. And that's 60, 60 frames per second in handheld mode. So my guess is we also would get 60 frames per second in um, docked mode, which wouldn't be a huge surprise. I mean, this... This game doesn't look terribly taxing, although it does look really nice, um, what you see when you're playing the game. I think that this is going to finally get me to buy Oceanhorn. It, it, it originally came out in 2013, and and it's 60 frames per... Yes, and I'm looking at the YouTube video now. It says, uh, take a glimpse, glimpse at Oceanhorn running on Nintendo Switch. Games runs, Game runs, I can't read or speak today, at 60 frames per second in handheld and docked mode. That's 720p in handheld mode, 1080p in docked mode, coming later this year. Now, it's certainly not the first place where you can get Oceanhorn. You can buy this game in a lot of different places. But having it with me means I'm much more likely to play it. And that's been the that's been the case for just about everything. Uh, I almost never play a game unless I can play it on my Switch, it feels like. I mean... I say I almost never play. If I'm streaming a game, then I'm playing it. So, like I've been, I've been streaming Alien Isolation on my Twitch channel. That's not on the Switch. I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV. That's also not on the Switch. But I, I can guarantee that I would probably have already beat Alien Isolation if I could play it wherever I was. Um, I would probably be max level in Final Fantasy XIV already if I could play it wherever I was. That being said, Square has said that they have some interest in bringing Final Fantasy XIV to the Switch if the community is the, is right for it. It taxes, like when I try and stream Final Fantasy XIV, it kind of taxes my CPU just a little bit and I have to drop all of my settings down. So it would not look as good, but then again... Final Fantasy XIV originally came out in the PS3 era, 
and it was still supported on the PS3 until very recently. I would say that the Switch could definitely run it. They would just be running everything at a much lower, uh, probably not frame rate. What they would probably do is that it's it's a game that has a lot of uh, granularity in its visual options. So you would be able to turn things on and off as needed. Uh, and they would probably uh, optimize it by turning on, on and off certain things until they either hit 30 solid or 60 solid, uh, depending on what, what they decided that they want. And my guess is probably 30 solid so that the game would look a little bit better. Uh, but that's completely beside the point. We were talking about Oceanhorn, and I'm curious, uh, for those of you out there who've already played Oceanhorn, are you willing to buy it again to pick it up on the Switch? If you are, let me know. If you're not, let me know. Um, just send that feedback, and, and uh, we'll talk about it on, this, on the show a little bit more. Real quick, because this is not really a business podcast, Nintendo's uh, stock price is up. Uh, trading uh, the after the Switch came out, Nintendo shares have continually increased, and they have now finally surpassed the Pokemon Go peak. It was very funny when Pokemon Go came out, and Nintendo got this huge boost um, to their their stock price, but Nintendo. It's it's odd because Nintendo and the Pokemon Company are actually two separate companies. Now Nintendo owns the Pokemon Company, and the Pokemon Company licenses the Pokemon characters to be used by Game Freak in the Pokemon games. Uh, and then Game Freak didn't even make uh, Pokemon Go. That was made by Niantic, which is actually part of Google, I think. It's it, like this whole Pokemon thing was really weird, and I can understand why investors got confused and drove up the price of Nintendo uh, shares after Pokemon Go came out. Then it was hilarious. Nintendo said, um, we aren't making any money off of Pokemon Go right now because we didn't make that game, and then their shares tanked. Um, well, now... They've been going up since the Switch came out, and it's actually something to do with what Nintendo has done. And sure enough, they're continuing to go up, and I think that this is good for Nintendo. And it's a shame. I I hope that people don't look at this as Satoru Iwata, like they he, when he died, Nintendo was on a low. Tatsumi Kimishima, the the current CEO and president of Nintendo. He is executing the plan that was developed in part by Mr. Iwata. So I hope that that people remember that Mr. Iwata, he's the backbone of where the Switch came from. At least it was developed on his watch. And then uh, Kimishima took the baton and ran with it. I'm not trying to take anything away from Kimishima, but I just don't want people to think of Mr. Iwata as somebody who failed Nintendo in some way, because I think a lot of developers say things uh, like like he did, but Mr. Iwata always said that, you know, his, his brain tells him that he's uh, a businessman, uh, his heart tells him that he's a gamer, and he was definitely a gamer. And I really am happy to see that Nintendo is succeeding 
uh, by using his plan because he was the guy that that brought the the Wii and the 3DS um, that basically brought Nintendo right back into the forefront. And then they had some missteps with the Wii U for sure. They definitely had some missteps with the Wii U, but now they're back. And I've been talking about Nintendo shares for a while now. So I'm going to shut up and we'll move on to uh, some more news. Forsaken Castle is a Kickstarter project. It's a side-scrolling indie game. It's going to be on Windows, Mac, Linux, Xbox One, PS4, PS Vita, and Nintendo Switch. They just, they had a stretch goal to, that they had to hit in order to be released on the Switch, and they hit it with $400 to spare. Um, their original goal was 10000 They made 35360 and I think that the, the, the stretch goal for the Switch was 35000 So about, <laughs> about $400 is what they surpassed that goal by. So we're going to be looking forward to seeing Forsaken Castle on the Switch. It looks pretty cool. I do feel like, just from what I've seen, the jumping looks a little floaty. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but this game very much reminds me of like Castlevania. Um, and I like the animations. I love I love the art style. I think it looks great. The character has a whip like Simon Belmont. Oh, speaking of Castlevania, did you guys see that Netflix has um, an animated Castlevania uh, TV show coming out? It looks pretty cool, uh, but that's beside the point. This looks like a love letter to Castlevania, which is great because I love those kind of games, and um, it looks really difficult. And the difficulty m- matched with the floaty jumping I hope there's a demo. I'll try out a demo. I probably won't buy this unless it gets really, really good reviews. Uh, just because of that floaty jumping kind of bothers me. But other than that, it looks really cool. In fact, I mean, I'm watching the video now. The The character just threw holy water and then threw an axe. This is definitely uh, a, uh, a Castlevania-style thing. If you really like the original Castlevania or Castlevania 2 or any of the other ones... Um, I definitely think you should check out the Kickstarter for Forsaken Castle. It's going to be on everything, but, I mean, if you're listening to this, you'll probably end up getting it on the Switch if you get it. Wow, 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 wow. Ultra Street Fighter 2 is not getting the best reviews, but I, I think I'm, I'm just trying to warn people, don't depend solely on the number that a reviewer gives a game. Read the review. Because my guess is the reviewers are looking at the whole package. And the whole package includes this Way of the Hado um, mode. And in the Way of the Hado mode, you are playing as Ryu. At least I believe it's only Ryu. Or they haven't shown any any other characters. And you have to do Hadoukens and Shoryukens and the... Taka prakam makam rakam. I don't know how the how he says the the spin kick thing. It's in first person mode, and enemies are coming at you, and you you control this using uh, motion controls. And by all accounts, that part of the game is pretty terrible. That part of the game feels shoehorned in, and it's a shame that Capcom decided to put that in at all. Um, the rest of the game, people are saying, is really good. I think that. I'm pretty close to pulling the trigger on this game. I loved Street Fighter 2 when I was younger. I had a lot of fun playing that game, and I think my son and I would have a lot of fun uh, playing that. And I think that we would probably end up playing it with the split Joy-Cons. So I would take the Joy-Con off 
and we would both kind of be at the same disadvantage. I'm not a competitive Street Fighter player, not even a little. I'm not a competitive fighting game player, even a little. And I think that I could have a lot of fun with Street Fighter. So before you make your decision, don't just go to Metacritic and look at the overall score. Don't look, just look at the scores that people are giving it. Read the review and see why they're giving the scores that they're giving. Because my guess is that a lot of people are, a lot of reviewers are looking at what you get when you get the game as a hundred percent, and then they're deducting points uh, from the overall score based on the way of the Hadoken, or maybe based on price. Now, the game is $50, which I think is probably, or, or $40, I'm sorry, uh, which I think is probably a little too much. But then again, it's Street Fighter, and Street Fighter 2 at that, if this was Street Fighter 5 or something like that, then I'd be less interested. But Street Fighter 2, like the old one, the one that I grew up with, the one that I have nostalgia for, I feel like I'm going to have a lot of fun playing Street Fighter 2 on the Switch, and I'm pretty close to buying it. I haven't decided yet, but, you know, if I do, then you can throw uh, Yoga Fire at me at some point once the once uh, once we both have it. Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show! So I have two Samsung TVs in my house, and I haven't run into this issue with either of them. I don't know if it's a specific uh, Samsung TV that is having this issue, but I guess that Nintendo Switch HDMI auto-switching is causing some samsung tvs to switch over to the switch even though you're not trying to use it uh so samsung has responded to 33 34 pages of forum complaints of samsung tv owners who think there's something wrong with their tvs and the automatic hdmi input switching i guess it's actually a problem with the nintendo switch uh it says that samsung has been following the comments of the community threat, and we will be issuing a firmware update early this summer that will address the behavior and provide a level of convenience as we intended. Well, everybody was reporting that this is a problem with the Switch, so how is it that Samsung can fix it? That's the thing that confuses me. Um, a lot of people were saying that Nintendo Switch is causing this problem, but why is it like how is it that Samsung can do a firmware patch that will fix it for the switch i'm not sure all i have to say is that thanks samsung for letting people know i mean a lot of times companies will just be, remain silent about a problem thinking that if they don't if they don't address the problem then people will ignore the problem and that's not good you can't just bury your head in the sand so samsung's doing the right thing here and they're saying yep we're going to fix it as soon as we can the only issue is a lot of people, I mean, I guess TVs are more and more connected to the internet these days, but, you know, if I went to, I mean, my my TV's not connected to the internet because I use an Apple TV uh, on it, so we don't use any of the smart TV features like going on Netflix and stuff through the TV. We do that all through our Apple TV. I would say that I, I wonder if there's more people like me who don't actually connect their TV to the internet and they connect the set-top box. So will they ever get this firmware update? And 
if they did, would they know? Uh, that's the thing. I, I'm not sure. A lot of people are probably just sitting there wondering, why is my TV keep turning on or something like that? I'm not sure. So are, are you guys experiencing this, this issue with your switch? Uh, and if so, how I know that you can turn, did you turn off the HDMI switching thing in your switch in order to prevent it from happening? Uh, let me know. Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. And the last story for today is that Hori has, uh, they're a third-party developer. They make controllers and stuff like that. Uh, they are giving us release dates for the Real Arcade Pro, which is called the Hayabusa, and the Hori Pad for the Switch. Um, so basically it's an arcade stick and uh, 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 looks like a, uh, a Pro Controller. Their Pro Controller version looks weird. It's The D-pad has a circle around it. I've been told that those are really great styles for D-pads. It seems weird to me, but I'm, you know, I'm willing to try it. Um, the arcade controller, though, holy crackers, this thing's $145. I know that these things are expensive, but my God, $145 for a controller, that's a little bananas. Um, the this, this is very interesting. The Hori Pad is corded. So this is a USB controller, and it's $29. It says the D-pad can be removed and placed in the back of the controller. I'm sorry, what? And it does not include HD rumble or NFC capabilities either. What do you mean the D-pad can be removed and placed in the back of the controller? Um, that's weird. I'm not sure what that means. But um, $29 for a controller for your Switch. Now you know what to get for Player 2. All right, everybody, that's all the time that we have for today. If there's a story I missed, let me know. Just like at the beginning of the show, I, you can head on back there, find out the different ways to get a hold of me. If you're looking for ways to support the show, go to runjumpstomp.com slash support, uh, and there's a bunch of links there that will help you both free and uh, that cost money. And uh, lastly, make sure that you give us a review on iTunes. That definitely helps us. And um, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.